welcome to the fifth episode of Navigante. Today I brought in a colleague of mine. Her name is Uda Brecke. Welcome. Hey, thank you. <laughs> we haven't done this for a while, so let's get back to this. How are you, Uda? I'm good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's That's fun to be here. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. It's fun to contain our practices into this place, I think. Um, so let's maybe situate ourselves for a little bit. So we, what experiences have brought us here? I remember first my wild flag, uh, a festival I curate with Pontus Pettersson. We had a talk called Urge to Verge about artists self-organizing mm. in Stockholm. And there I remember that uh, you came together with a few friends and on this talk, you initiated a project that that you were dealing with at the time that was mm. in sister space yeah. and it was just about to start yeah that's true <laughs> and uh, you mm. were just graduating also from your BA mm. in dance mm. in Stockholm at the dance and university college right yeah, yeah. so this was 2017 it was spring 2017 exactly uh, yeah. autumn early autumn, autumn like okay. September okay okay mm. And you, but then maybe we actually just graduated the spring before, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, you were just then initiating a project. Mm. It was very like it was very new, mm. but I remember very vividly this. Uh, it was in the end of this talk we were talking about artists that are self-organizing artistic events and what is like the pros and cons with that. Mm. And you were there. Mm. And you said that you have this structure. Yeah, this was at C-CAP, right? At um, Yeah, I remember it was quite many people there. It was like a breakfast. And people were kind of bringing up like problems and things that they had like problems with in the field, but also like uh, various solutions. So we started an organization. I guess that it already started during the spring. So it was the last year in my BA in dance at um, DOC in Stockholm. And um, it was my uh, two peers, uh, Gritingskog and Emma Stansäta, that uh, first kind of initiated this idea of starting an organization There would be a kind of like a collegial structure on working together on how to work with dance and choreography. And I think what shaped it a lot, the proposal that they came with, was actually like during the the last year in school, like approximately like 50-50 women identifying and uh, male identifying people in my class, but like Dancers. Then. Yeah, dancers. Yeah. And it was like so clearly that <laughs> all the guys got these jobs. <laughs> Or like it was a lot of frustration kind of around that. So they also came with a proposal that it would be like um, a women and trans separatist organization. Um, and that we would kind of support each other in this uh, situation. So, yeah. Um, so this was the very beginning of in sister space, mm. this structure that mm. you were co-initiating. During that talk, I was really impressed that you were dancers that were willing to organize before you even graduated, to organize yourselves together 
In, instead of like getting out of your institution and waiting for a job, you already could identify like things that would be difficult or uncertain places or things that that are not fair. You could already anticipate before. And then you exited with this structure, like you exited out of your institution with this structure, and then you started to elaborate on it. I experienced a lot of this also when I graduated school, but I just didn't have, I think, any peers to Mm. bounce it off with Mm. somehow. And so Mm. already you were organized, you already had more or less created a structure, and you Mm. were willing to elaborate it after graduation. Mm. How was that? It was necessary, or like I think... Like also a part of this, yeah, I find it also interesting that we talk about like self-organized structures because I think like a lot of the, like a lot of the need for creating a structure like in sister space came from kind of being in dance school and it's such a like particular uh, group situation to be in a in a dance program like compared to other kind of studies you're with a group I was with a group of 20 people it's not always that um, so many but uh, and you like spend so much time together and it's so intimate and then like after graduation somehow everyone is supposed to like make their own career and like have their own like artistry and their own brand somehow so I think that pressure was very like much felt among that group and I think also there were like there was a lot of competence around like organizational work somehow already in that group of people that um, initiated it. In Sister Space is offering office so you can meet together and you can uh, you can work together administratively Mm. In sister has morning classes that are related to somehow like a study group format rather than having external competences teaching. It's mm. more of a structure where you share knowledges. Mm. And also in sister space is practicing members meetings and also has an organizational board. Mm. What else do they do? They also organize sometimes like uh, more like residencies where you would like share practices with each other uh, we had that that school again in Gothenburg but also uh, we organized like uh, an evening of performances but very much in the work in progress kind of format and for me it has also been a place where I have had the possibility to like bounce off ideas that are not like ready or like that are not like formulated I think that are more insecure to have a kind of group of people to test things with and everything, again, it's all separatist from cis male. Yeah, I mean, some of the, like, the, the membership is, uh, but then, like, kind of events and the classes that uh, the organization hosts is usually open for everyone. But uh, the membership is uh, separatist. Mm. We're going to go back to how, how again, how we met more, mm. which is that in sister form themselves as mm. a as a group and um, I had a studio in Orstaberg called Vipdan Studio. Mm. That building was supposed to get demolished so Vip was looking for a new studio and in Sister Space was looking for a, their own space. Yeah. And in this way uh, these two organizations came together into 
a course that the Cultural Council of Stockholm had. And in this course, the participants would learn how to run a atelier house. This course could also offer two contracts. And uh, one of these contracts were in like previous youth center in Östberga in Stockholm. Like a few of us from from um, from VIP Dance Studio and a few from Insister joined in to form economical organization to form this atelier house called Höjden that is now in Östberga. Mm. And that's where we are now. Yeah, we are in the this. music studio <laughs> yeah. in uh, Höjden in Östberga. Mm. So there is experiences that brought us here which is our common interest of um, practicing what i would say self-organized structures yeah but you you have another word for it no but i found it interesting when you invited me to talk about self-organizing structures because when i when we started in sister space i think uh, we had like there was some sort of resistance towards this like um fluid structures where everyone finds their way and as I understand like the word like self-organized somehow comes a bit from this like system that's not like planned or like controlled by a central unit it's like a place where like um or a system that like forms itself from like various um places I think like some of us had been at a performing arts forum uh, that's in uh, France. There was this kind of also resistance towards that kind of like openness. Like, like non-hierarchical Yeah, I remember forms. we were reading Joe Freeman and like uh, the her text, uh, The Tyranny of Structurelessness. And like we're talking a lot about like how can we create systems where we have like a structure to relate to where we don't have to be in like this open void, which is very much like uh, kind of the freelance reality. So in some ways we kind of tried to create like a system that was like a more clear defined structure. So what do you call it? What do you say that you do with um, Insister Space and Hayden? Like organize collectively, Mm -hmm. like... Or create collegial structures. But then I think like this uh, Joe Freeman text is also super problematic. And like there are many of these thoughts that I have like that have shifted or like my ideas of them have shifted like during this period from when we started that organization. So now we're in Hayden and you and me, Uda, we are in the board of Hayden, which is this atelier house. And uh, we are dealing with both like the physical house and also the structure within. And also we are recruiting the local freelance field to join us here to mm. like choose our our option in relation to other options in Stockholm. So this is somehow like the reality we share mm. and uh, what we do on a daily basis, which also means mm. that we are like when we are situated in Hayden, we are both like representing the structure, but also being an artist in mm. Hayden. Mm. So we are in the same time dictating the structure, but we are also within it. So we created it for ourselves. And I th I find I find this interesting. Yeah, it's also somehow all the structures that we are dictated by. Or like I feel that the, like uh, you talked about earlier, this course that we did when we got this contract for this place, it was very like conditioned by a specific system where you need to like run a company and kind of not yeah but you kind of need to make profit actually to have this house 
And the profits are supposed to be from the members and not yeah. from uh, any fundings. Yeah, because the fundings, you can't make profit when you receive funding. So it's actually very paradoxical, like the reality we need to make it work in, like uh, uh, bureaucratically. But uh, then also it becomes kind of like a paradox relating to like um, how we actually want to organize as artists in the house when we need to also have relationships that are based on a kind of customer and um, uh, company uh, relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's very weird that... Uh, But also the new like political line of the Cultural Council is to give artists the means to solve their own uh, mm. situation. Mm. Which means that we are solving our own issue and in the same time being an issue. It, like trying to solve it. It's like digging a hole. <laughs> <laughs> the neoliberal uh, reality we're facing is that, mm. more mm. or less. Mm. Um, that the Cultural Council has less and less power within like the arena of the cityscape and the market mm. to actually really help artists. So mm. they equip the artists to help themselves. Yeah, because everything is is based on this... like. Um that things should go faster and uh, be more efficient or yeah or that nothing sticks kind of or that also but um culture had also more political power before at mm-hmm. least in stockholm mm-hmm. uh, that um the culture council could attract forces of politics mm-hmm. to solve a certain mm-hmm. issue which mm-hmm. they can't nowadays it seems like To zoom out a little bit, we were given a contract of yeah. a house, of an artistic yeah. house. Yeah. That is somehow a very privileged position to actually yeah, be sure. from the beginning. Yeah. Or that we have time to organize in this way also. Mm. Yeah, there is an kind of initiative to have um, a workplace for artists, but not how to kind of uh, run it or how it should like be driven, kind of. Mm. Because also... We have been working with this for free since mm. since we since this course started and uh, some members entered this course until mm. until like one year later when we moved in we have been working for free to initiate yeah. this house even though we got some fundings to 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 create the house we it's it's voluntary forces that mm. made it so in that sense also artists that are solving their own situation are still not solving their own like position within the field also mm. yeah it's somehow a bit strange when it is uh, like it it's different than many other places there is actually a strategy to create workplace for artists but in that strategy it's just how to hand it over to the artists Like then we were applying, you know, for money to start it. Yeah, it's very uh, strange. Mm. What self-organized structures are you part of, Uda? Yeah, I was part of starting in Sister Space, but now I that's that's an organization that I kind of am part of as a member. So it's I'm not in the board or in the kind of. Um, I'm also part of uh, the board for Interim Kultur, which is a bit more like a economical and administrative um, how do you call it in English like um, cooperative Mm -hmm. they call it but it's more that you can do your freelance work through that uh, organization so instead of having your own company um, as many artists are pushed to have these days to be like a one-man business 
it's Hayden <laughs> that we are doing together, which is more a place. It's a physical space to work. I'm also a bit involved in a project that was uh, initiated by uh, Anders Perlin. Uh, he's a dramaturge and he invited like very many different uh, collectives and organizational structures, but also individual artists that somehow are working with uh, the public sphere and um, kind of... Um, yeah, collective structures to uh, rethink the institution. Yeah, it's called PIM, para-institutional models. <laughs> um, it's uh, kind of different from uh, the rest, but we talk more about it as a kind of artwork, in a sense. Yeah. And this is also ongoing, right? Yes, but it's more maybe in a phase of trying out different ideas and uh, it's less concrete. Which structures are you part of? Um, I am part of mainly... Or have you been part of also? I'm also curious what you've done before, Hayden. There is... Hayden is my, like, one of my uh, most recent and most ongoing structures at the moment. But mm. I'm also organizing this festival called My Wild Flag with Pontus Pettersson, mm. which is a, a, a festival self-organized by art, by artists' initiative. Mm. In in this festival, me and Pontus have an opportunity to practice curatorial practices. Mm. And before that, I had a studio called Vip Dance Studio in Orstaberg. For me, like it, it's it's just the start of that. Uh, you have your own space, or that you have somewhere to go to, or somewhere to be, or somewhere you can close the door and be in. Just the thought can do a lot for yeah. for your own feeling of autonomy, whatever that is. I was part of a group that made uh, Anarcho Pride, which is like a anarchic ch- choice from the regular Pride in Stockholm. And before Anarcho Pride, I was part of a group that created a queer festival in Amsterdam called Queeristan, which me yeah. and Thais speak about. Yeah. So like this option of autonomy within situation marks, yeah. <laughs> whatever that is or whatever, like it's to always like practice this option has always been an important part of my practice because power is very abstract but when there is something physical you can work with or create in relation to it that can take a certain shape has always been an important gesture from my side somehow mm. and do you feel that you can do that also at Hayden? I feel that I'm very busy mm. uh, with many different things it Mm. can be from like switching a light bulb to figuring out how to solve a question for vat or Mm. it can be a question for how to how to become more members in the house that can uh, um, be part of this structure Um, so there is a lot of things that are keeping me busy here Mm. but you've also talked when you talk about your artistic practice that you work with sociality I'm just curious, like, do you see the two, like, is there kind of a gap between the organizational work you do and the artistic work you do? Or do you see it as one? For sure, like, sociality is something very important. Or it's a, it's a, it's a term maybe that is important for me. In an artistic sense, it's not always present. No. It's not always present within a space or a dance class or mm. a project or within a... Collect, collective within situation mark uh, situation mm. so I think that 
there are many skill sets at once at, when it comes to sociality, but it's all, also not always present in an organizational place either. There, there's something about gaps in the in the cultivation of artistic life, but there is also a gap in organizational artistic structures too. Mm. And sometimes, sometimes they are practiced and theoretized and actively gesturing towards the place of togetherness, both like practically and artistically. And sometimes they are not. So I think it's about this gap between artistic and practical practices. Mm. And I think it's like when both of them are being practiced somehow, a sociality be- becomes, starts working somehow. Mm. Yeah, because I guess it is also, maybe we haven't actually talked about it yet, but since we're in the field of dance and choreography, and uh, many people define choreography as a kind of organizational um, knowledge or activity, I think it's also, uh, yeah, it's also kind of, um, it makes me curious also, like, what are the links or like how, like, is there a different way of thinking like to organize a group uh, politically or like more these things that are more on a meta level of like the workplace or the way we like, um, I don't know, like for example, economically like um, uh, structure our work, like how does it relate to how we think about the artworks or artistic practices that we are involved in and like what knowledge like moves between them kind of. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good question that you bring mm. up, but it somehow has to do with like with like there is a space and people come to it, and in this space people are willing to to somehow do something like to to be part of it and and be ready to do other things than what they were invited to do from the beginning somehow, mm. and um, yeah, this place is very interesting because then it's not only like theoretically organizational, it's also um it starts to organize people also somehow when 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 there is something practical about i mean I, practical can be a dance if you or it can be something else but when something is practical it yeah it's it becomes physical somehow mm. and i think like to come closer to the practical and physical is a a desire and then from and then coming back to that you can go away from it into more theoretical or conceptual mm. places i don't know i can't be only in the conceptual and theoretical no. places no. because then you can't dictate it somehow what do you think about this i think a lot about like my experience as a, because i mean I, i'm trained in dance and i worked mainly as a performer not necessarily often with one choreographer, often in collaboration with other performers, but I think there is something with like uh, also if we talk more like theoretically about like or like politic politically or organizing uh, like structures, um, like these like uh, ideas of like who's a leader and like how do you take uh, how are the power dynamics in a group and how do you relate to a set of rules or like what happens with the plan when you actually go into like um, executing it like I think like that's what you deal with as a dancer like you deal with um, systems that are there and then you need to deal with it like um, on a practical level and I guess like that's often where like if you talk about like uh, strategy and tactics that the tactical is like 
uh, what's like uh, close to you and what you have to deal with. It's like it has a sense of urgency that I think yeah forces you to like deal with tricky situations and problems kind of. How do you distinguish your artistic life from your like collective organizational structural life? I don't know, actually. <laughs> I mean, it's something that I think a lot about. And I think for me, it's quite separate or not separate, but I think in the organizational structures that I'm part of and that it involves quite much like administrational work and also quite much like discussions around ethics, which I think is like it it should be about that in my if I practice dance or if I make artworks that's not where I start off from or I think I start off from more like a place of pleasure more and yeah that's that's the difference I think so somehow the organizational place is more of uh, like external desire like external um, conditions and and your artistic one is uh, more of like an internal process yeah maybe not internal but maybe it's more about like poetics or like about like perception and aesthetic experiences (laughs) kind of to deal with sensations in different ways and of course both informs each other and then you have like yeah how do you discriminate your perception when you work with uh a dance or a material like of course these questions come up all the time but it's not where I start kind of Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. it's also about how concrete do you approach a problem that is organizational Mm -hmm. or how and somehow in the in the artistic place you 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 you're already within a problem like you Mm -hmm. don't solve you kind of start with the problem and from Mm -hmm. the problem you start to create complexity in space well, like organizational place is already complex yeah. and you're trying to figure it out somehow. Yeah. So I think also like interim is also worth mentioning because we have an insister space, which is like collective organ- organizational structure for freelancing non-cis male dancers. Mm. And then we have Hayden, which is like a workspace for dancers. And then we also have interim that is... Let's say, like in an easy way, it is um, an invoice system of how how to get paid without being a one man business, and much more than that, mm. of course. So there, actually, like there are quite some structures that are supporting like dancers and choreographers freelancing life. Yeah. In Stockholm in 2019, let's yeah. say. Yeah, I think it's also specific to uh, Sweden. That like organizational life is valued very much or has been at least. I guess it's also (laughs) changing with like the current time kind of. But yeah, I think that's very specific. If I, I mean, I grew up in Norway and even though like, of course, a lot of the systems for like funding around art is quite similar. But there is in Sweden, it is a lot more funding that kind of supports organizations and like kind of the structures around like circulating knowledge yeah Yeah. and that i think that the that the norwegian kind of uh, model is more based on projects and um yeah yeah like i guess that sweden had a long history of like social democracy and Mm. um and giving forms to like knowledge to learn Mm. things together 
but also to yeah that there is a institutions and organizations and structures that can help other structures so in that sense like when i lived in amsterdam there was like squatting was an option or mm. to that there was autonomous options but somehow in sweden because of like a very long tradition of social democracy everything is almost institutionalized like mm. even a even like a practice of producing knowledge is institutionalized because you mm. can create very easily a structure that is related to people learning together. I think also in, in Sweden, things can very much see look like they are very formal, mm. but they are usually also very DIY too in the same yeah. time. But I find it dream interesting offer. Yeah, maybe I can also say that it was started by um, Anders Jakobsen and uh, Johan Talanda. In they were studying choreography, and then they actually started the organization to be able to employ themselves. So what the organization actually do is that it makes it possible for freelancers to be employed, and to kind of they they negotiate a lot. They negotiate with Akasa and with. Um, Like the union, the yeah. unemployment yeah. Uh, company. Yeah, and also with the union, and they kind of they kind of work for all institutions that they should like keep the collective agreement and and like p- yeah follow the kind of union standards. So in that sense, it is it deals with working conditions and it's not just like a service that that helps you uh, kind of get paid as a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and also. Um, artists that are part of interim they all their economical work goes through the organization mm. so actually like there is quite some economy going through that yeah. system and through yeah. the individuals within that system mm. and also some more like established artists are actually supporting the structure yeah. for the less established yeah so that means like if i it's also possible to like apply for funding through interim and then actually even though i don't get any funding I can still have the kind of time with the staff that is employed and paid because someone else gets funding so I can have um, makes it maybe a bit more equal but it's still like I mean it's something that we talk a lot about it's a it's a bit of a secret like people who went to doc knows about it so and this I think is a general like problem with all of these organizational structures that it's very easily that it stays within a circle of friends or like okay if you've been to this education then you're then you know about the support systems then you can like I don't know like continue through that uh, uh, social circle and that's also yeah I mean tricky when we talk about like recruitment or stuff like that that it's yeah that it's very based on these uh, social networks that are not always so accessible if you haven't been to the right education or yeah yeah and also like contemporary dance is the most funded art form which means that it also creates those demands that the people practicing that structure starts to ask for for example like in sister space doesn't have that many that many non-doc members Mm. but also not so many members from other dance disciplines No, and then the the need for um, the competences that these structures create are needed like in different ways in other styles, in other ways, and so there is there is a ripple to the tendencies that we are part of. Also, like Hayden has also 
has a, also a very doc-oriented oriented contemporary mm. dance mm. vibe to it. And we somehow we created it. And then, then once it's on place, need to fix it in order for other things to happen, which makes it hard because, because we are self-organized and we are doing a lot of mistakes. We did a lot of mistakes in the beginning with it. And now that it's here, we can actually see how to change it. But but in some ways, it, it makes it even harder to change it once you mm, already yeah. establish them. Yeah. And I guess also if we talk about this, like, uh, like uh, if we think of this like self-organized structure as a kind of organism that lives by itself, that it's not like one leader that decides it should be like this and this, or it's not like a centralized system. Like what are the kind of dangers with that? And like, I don't know, it feels a bit like it becomes this, like you bounce in between these like two, two sides and none of them are not, are really working so it's like yeah it's many problems but uh, I just wanted to quote uh, Anna Grip that um, usually says that like she she doesn't think that uh, it's good that everyone is so optimistic like we need to stay with the problems stay with the trouble uh, yeah and uh, that it's uh, it's not only good with the solutions so yeah. yeah so we already kind of touched a bit like what circumstances created your urges to self-organize uh, do you have any specific ones except you already mentioned that in your class the cis men got got jobs <laughs> all the jobs, yeah. all the jobs after graduation yeah. and no cis male and other identifying genders did not get any jobs yeah i think in that way it was quite like reactionary but then i think it's more than that or like somehow like there were like when you work with dance and choreography like you need social structures and like social places like it's it doesn't make sense to like work on your own and then you're gonna deal with this social gathering that is a performance like to me it doesn't make sense I think about that uh, me and uh, Maya Means uh, my friend and colleague um we're talking a lot about that we need like a revolutionary union like (laughs) like uh, I think also all of these structures it's a bit like I don't know like they they compromise a lot like it's like yeah we meet this like shitty conditions with something that kind of agrees with that system like we we agree to be part of the system that's really like it doesn't work and it's not like sustainable in any way. So what would a revolutionary union do? Uh, maybe like think around like how artists can actually strike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and to make a real resistance. Yeah, to structure. actually like resist it, to not like go along with it. Because I mean, we are, like, like, it feels some, sometimes very hypocritical. Like you have an agenda and it's like somehow like wants to change something but it agrees to the problem kind of Mm -hmm. in order to be able to to join in or like to be part of uh, or come to the table to discuss yeah exactly do you think that the dancer is rioting towards the choreographer like do you think that there is an urge in the dancer to to somehow be independent from I don't know. I mean, when I was in school, which is not that long ago, I mean, I graduated two years ago, 
I think there was more pressure. I, I mean, I think I was educated to like be independent, to like have my make my own artistic practice and to like frame it, you know, like I don't think I was like the, the, the institution didn't propose that I would work for a choreographer. Mm -hmm. So I actually I don't feel like I'm rioting towards choreographers somehow. I wonder because we also when we are at Hayden together yeah. in our like sitting by our own computers we yeah. are kind of like sighing and joking that the institutions didn't teach us to be outside of school it didn't teach us these admin yeah. structures it didn't teach yeah. us these everyday lives that we have somehow and that it prepared us in choreography and dance it prepared us to to work with that but actually our everyday life is very like it's, it's it's a lot about navigating power and mm. contacts mm. and uh, collective efforts to to be together and to stay together somehow it's not enough to be a dancer or have the skills of being a dancer no it's it not doesn't enough. matter if you have the skills <laughs> of a dancer or you can be a perfect dancer i think that's maybe more that it's very unclear what you Or maybe it's not unclear. Yeah, okay. It, when I was studying, like it's very unclear what you actually need to start working, or like to actually to have this um, to have dance and choreography as your work. Like, yeah, it has more to do, I think, with like being in like social circles of people that work, and then somehow like because it's so much about like those kind of relations yeah. which is very like it's not many problems with that. yeah and I'm still yeah. like I'm 31 and I'm learning like mm. every day about and new things about my own integrity and and like my own integrity in relation to like male power or in relation to being visible or solving problems or being responsible mm. or not go hide in a corner once things are hard or mm. like it's it's something that is constant Yeah. And being a, like also most of the like non-cis male people entering institutions are great from an early place. But it's just not enough as a skill to have the conditions from mm. that. And I guess somehow it has to do with like the the kind of gig economy and like the project based market that you have to be visible all the time mm -hmm. in order to like jump on the next um Yeah. Or, like, to be where, like, the opportunities are. And I think somehow, like, that was also something that we talked a lot about when we started in Sister Space, that, like, how can we resist the project-based market? Like, how can we create a kind of space where you can come and also do the kind of meaningful activities that dance practices or other artistic practices actually are and, like, meet people with the kind of same interest without it being in order to make a project that ends mm -hmm. another thing that we are gathering around is that we are we are based in stockholm also we don't really we are not part of like another international europe like continental european market so much but we are kind of staying here because we're busy with the space or yeah. the needs <laughs> of the space that we are part of yeah. but also Yeah, trying to work here. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think the local <laughs> will be the new thing. Like, I don't think we're the only people that... I think in general, there's... I feel there's many discussions around, like, uh, what do we do if we stop flying within the 
uh, field of dance and choreography like how can we still like exchange knowledge and like produce this course that like like beyond our uh, circles kind of but so I think this idea of like being more local is something that is talked quite a lot about mm-hmm. like also in other um yeah outside of dance and choreography that people are thinking about how we can do something else than like the global exchange kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah, yeah I, um I mean, being situated in Stockholm, in Sweden, in the north of Europe, like northwestern mm. Europe, mm. in like the white of the whitest place mm. with the most mm. like moral and rational place, it we are somehow pretty privileged to be able to dictate these conditions. But somehow like... Dictate the conditions, you mean, that we have our own place, To be example. based yeah. here, having our own place, mm. being based with the issues, like mm. what we're discussing now to have the the affordance to 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 speak about them instead of playing along but it it also makes me think that in in Sweden we are feeling that we are outside of a certain discourse or a certain way of like Stockholm is far away it's uh, it's not like there is three hours between Paris and Brussels and then five more hours and you're in Berlin and then Amsterdam is somewhere in between there and you Mm -hmm. can like pass by and live in a suitcase but um, we feel that we are, at least I feel that uh, being here is not being like enough updated about what is happening. Yeah, I don't think it's interesting because you also studied in Amsterdam and you've been traveling more around in those circles I think I haven't really done that so it's not something I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything (laughs) that's good but but I'm aware that it is like a different discourse but um, I mean yeah I guess it depends what you compare Stockholm to yeah yeah there is um, when when scenes are like more mixed up or different influences or Mm. artists Mm. are visiting venues you can feel very different energy levels or Mm. uh, how how people approach uh, different works and uh, stuff I'm also sometimes like because my world flag is an international festival and me and my colleague Pontus are um, using a lot of our own contacts yeah I somehow have this fear that like my own contact field will end at some point because I'm here Therefore, I will like miss out on like other artists or getting to know other artists or getting into the loop of what issues or what works are being made and done mm. when I'm here. Because like there is this, there is rigor in structures, but I I don't always feel like a rigor in other ways of artistic work sometimes here mm. uh, because we because we're somehow comfortable somehow like the structures makes makes us a bit comfortable within i i have this mm. feeling i have this like a little bit critical feeling about mm. it but i'm curious like what kind of works is it that you don't see in stockholm or like do you know example, what it is you miss for example like queer works you somehow have to very cl- quickly renew the concept before it gets capitalized or commercialized mm. and sometimes i can i can lose what it means i feel like or uh, it can become so fixated very fast I'm curious how other places are approaching this issue, for example, mm. than mm. this local issue, because a lot of things are very dictated by money and fashion and trends mm. and music, maybe music industry. I don't know. 
Yeah. Uh, that Do I you feel it's not so radical anymore or I think it's important to keep on discussing what it is or what it can possibly be or how mm. it is approached or how it is practiced within the field of art. And somehow Stockholm is not big enough for structures to communicate with each other about it. That there is like one thing um uh, being symbolizing something and another and another mm. like one artist representing the gay male <laughs> and mm. one artist mm. representing lesbian aesthetics and mm. and one presenting trans issues or mm. instead of like being five of each mm. and i think like in a in a european setting usually mm. that is the case and that it's more like friction and renegotiation of yeah what, for example it means to be a queer artist or to yeah. make queer artworks mm. yeah mm. but then of course in the continental european discourse there's always like a, a view towards the states for example that that is uh, the more dominant place you, you mean like for dance yeah, yeah. like new york mm, yeah or, so so there is always like <clears throat> there is always the compass present of course mm. no i was just wondering how you consider to have a a leader role or to be kind of um yeah to have a power position in um organization that you also work in as an artist when there are structures i work with that i do it for free i try to somehow uh, mention it in my work like in my in in when i write about in my bio or something mm. um But socially, I um, I'm very awkward in groups, so I always try to hide in the background. <laughs> um, um, I mean, the board of this house, for example, people ask me a lot of things about the practicalities or rules or things, and I try to accommodate that. Of course, there are issues that are important for me, like there are issues about recruitment, for example, or mm. there are things that are. I am busy with or that I can identify at the moment that I try to enforce onto these structures. I, like, mm. I have to admit that. Um, but there are things that are important. How do you think about it? I think a lot about that. Like, I think in all the structures that have had some sort of leader position or power position that, like, one of the things that we have talked almost the most about in the board is, like, how to let people know that they can do what they want or like mm. how to let people know that they are invited to act in this uh, like that they don't have to like ask for permission to initiate something or like do things and I think like this is kind of maybe the the bouncing back and forth between this like um fluid rhizome structures where there are like easily maybe forms more like elitist uh, groups and this kind of uh, to think that you can control or like put an put an order to um to a group of people to to create guidelines that are inviting for people to act or yeah that's something that i've been thinking a lot about like how can you actually do that because if you write out too many guidelines it becomes mm. A moral project, yeah. and and uh, becomes a totalitarian mm. also. But if you're, but if you hide your agenda, it also becomes a mysterious place for yeah. people to to enter that structure. I think I think I very much try to be relaxed. I try mm. to like often identify the structures or the group dynamics, or but I I try to kind of sit back. Mm. I try, but mm. there are some things that are triggering. Mm. 
Because, for example, when we tried very much within Sister Space to create structures that were transparent and clear <laughs> somehow, like we got so much critique uh, from people that were like, we don't understand anything like and I think that we the the group that was working with in sister space in the beginning we had also like a kind of common theoretical interests and like we had like we 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 bounced off this like actually also maybe more like artistic interest in writing and it really tracked off and came back and for us it was super clear what we were doing because you were creating it and at the same time yeah we were creating some like uh, structure that people could relate to and like some I think we called it a choreographic proposal Mm -hmm. that we called it yeah and somehow a lot of the feedback we got from people that were interested in joining the organization that wanted uh, like the the writing to be clearer and it to be kind of easier and it was like yeah and this is also yeah something that I've been uh, thinking about what because I was at Puff when it was this uh, Indigo dance uh, week I think it was called summer week or something it was some years ago but it was the last time they had it there and it was uh, like quite much critique and discussions and conflicts around the proposal because what they were proposing that week was that we would be like a dance company so it was like three leaders that would like give class uh, have like rehearsals and that everyone was like a company and of course the people that were also like used to puff being a place where you do what you want and it's more like horizontal like it it created a lot of friction a lot of discussions and some of the things that came up so much was that yeah it needs to be transparent what you're proposing it needs to be transparent and Chloe Chignell a colleague of mine she was asking this question like is transparency ever enough I think she Mm -hmm. asked or like can things ever be transparent and she was um, referring to this uh, book also that's called uh, Poetics of Relation by Edouard Glissant, where he's like advocating for opacity, which is like an antonym for uh, transparency and kind of stating that like you can, like we can never understand each other. Like we cannot grasp Mm -hmm. uh, everything. And to think that we should be able to do that is also problematic somehow. Mm -hmm. So this was quite uh, inspiring, I think has uh, produced a lot of thoughts when bouncing back to this uh, Joe Freeman text and mm-hmm. thinking about those in relation to each other. Do you want to read out this glissant quote? <laughs> On the other hand, if an opacity is the basis for a legitimacy, this would be the sign of its having entered into a political dimension, a formidable prospect, less dangerous perhaps than the erring ways to which so many certainties and so many clear so-called lucid truths have led. The excesses of these political assurances would fortunately be contained by the sense not that everything is futile, but that there are limits to absolute truth. How can one point out these limits without lapsing into skepticism or paralysis? 
How can one reconcile the hard line inherent in any politics and the questioning essential to any relation? This same opacity is also the force that drives every community. The thing that would bring us together forever and make us permanently distinctive. We clamor for the right to opacity for everyone. So, like Glissant is saying that some things we can grasp, but some things we cannot at all, somehow. Or that we can, or like the action of grasping is violent. Like, if I want to grasp you and understand you, I need to do it through my own norms. Mm -hmm. So, I hear it a bit like everything is ungraspable. Yeah. If it's not reduced to an absolute truth and that's kind of a violent yeah. action to do that mm. but i'm also thinking that like opacity is it's something concrete but it's somehow a porous material in the same time it's it's movable but mm. it's thick mm. and it's specific mm. so i think like a lot of things we have been talking about is this idea that It's hard because you want to create a space with those intentions. You create these rules that becomes too moral, that mm, are too mm, hard to grasp for people, mm, mm. to, or that they start to ask you for permission when it's actually dictated for them to feel free mm, to be mm, part of it. Yeah. But um, how do you think about this in relation to the tyranny of uh, uh, structurelessness? I think. I think. They're kind of proposing two different things. And I think that trying to work with a kind of transparent structure within Sister Space, I kind of saw a bit like how that failed. Not that the, the our, all of our ambitions failed, but that's part of it. Like how, like how different ideas we had of what we were doing, like the people that were involved, but also how I think that art and artistic practices and artworks like whether you're a dancer interpreting a choreographic score or um, an audience member watching a performance you're always somehow like dealing with something that is unknown to everyone or like you're dealing with something that cannot be reduced to like one meaning or so I think somehow Seeing that we were like trying to organize artistic work or like organize, yeah, that the, the the system was supposed to support arts in a way. It became some, or for me, that became a conflict. That it was, yeah, the idea that maybe we had to agree or like uh, land on one definition or for it to be clear somehow because it is very unclear this kind mm -hmm. of work. Yeah. yeah. And it demands a lot of different skills in the same time. But somehow, I think what is rich about these group practices and to uh, to join in times when you're supposed to be separated, through both through interim and mm. through in sister space, and when you're supposed to solve your issues yourself, because that would actually be best for your own economy mm. in these times. I think to gather around, together around issues and to... Mm actually try to solve them together instead of opting out because sometimes mm. things can be very difficult and uh, 
you just exit out of the structure instead yeah. of trying to solve it. Yeah. And to gather around it together or to just show up here at Höjden and say like, hey, I have this problem. Yeah. I don't know how to formulate this for this project. What should we do? It doesn't become easier to be in a group. Like it also, it's just like different problems. But I think the problems are more interesting somehow. What do you think was the like dream and vision for... Like, for example, in sister space from in the beginning. I think for me personally, it was to have, uh, I'm hesitant to say workplace. It's kind of what I mean, but I don't mean it in the sense of just like a studio, but to to share that place with a group of people was for me the vision. But then I think like if I think about it a bit further, there is also... A sense of like making work meaningful, like if I zoom out and think about it. Like you mean both for the people involved into the structure and also the structure itself for the surrounding. Or to make it possible to to work with dance and choreography because that's something that's meaningful <laughs> kind of in my life it sounds a bit uh, cliche but uh, that it's not just about like getting a job or having a career or not but the place to meet up and do things that are meaningful together kind of mm-hmm. my prejudice is that it's like the 70s hippie style mm. but it's not it's Mm-hmm. Like for because when I, I know because I've seen these structures and I, I am part of them, <laughs> they are not. They are not. They are. They are something else. They are within what is given, but they also don't don't really like see problems as problems. But they are somehow within dance as practice also, or like it has a lot to do with work. <laughs> for me but I don't I don't have this like completely articulated but it is some something about like redefining work or like effort which I think like yeah I don't think about it as a kind of hippie <laughs> thingy or maybe it's not made for people to come together and be equal it's more for people to kind of stay together mm. through their interests and their needs and their daily life And maybe also their problems, like you said before, like I think that was nice, like also to actually deal with, like I think in general in like society today, you're taught very much that if you have a problem with like life or um, society, it's you that is the problem, like you need to go to therapy or you need to like deal with yourself or like change something that you in the way that you behave But uh, or get the right medication yeah, yeah. to cope and to bring these or like to be in a place where you uh, are visible for others and to that you share time together with others is also a, a way of seeing that it's like collective problems somehow. So the tyranny of structurelessness you found was like more more dictating a hierarchy. Mm. or that other structures that you observed were more hierarchical than what you were envisioning? It's based on the idea that like one thing means the same to me that it means to you. Like when we have a text, it means the same to both of us. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it does. Or like there's something that happens in reading and... Spending time with something or... Like if you have a score, we will deal with it differently. 
and I think that the tyranny of structure is now it's a long time that I, since I read it, but as I remember, it kind of proposed that it needs to be uh, clear, like how the system should be, or like how the there needs to be a clear structure. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I can ask what uh, dreams and visions you have for Hayden, for example, or for like these kind of organizational structures that you are a part of. I'm curious in in one thing, and th- that is now we have like a more or less we 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 have in a group in our working group for Hayden and the board we have defined our structure and we have also a physical place to to practice the structure within but we are an independent initiative from institutions existing in Stockholm mm. so i'm i'm curious how like a structure goes from a from an independent place into a public place like when this house continues for a while what will happen with this? Will it be recognized as an institution in the future? I mean, mm. we have already been criticized as an institution, mm. like uh, already that because it looks like an institution, it is an institution, but it's not. It's like a, it's a project that has been partly funded, but we are funding it through our participation within it. Mm. And also it's run by voluntary means by artists. So in that way, I call it self-organized because... Yeah. Because no one is forcing me to maintain it and you neither. Mm. But we're doing it on like an individual basis. There is this visions and dreams that I'm curious in this to follow this line from independent to public maybe. Or what does it mean when something started from something into something else? Mm. But it also the the other day I saw like I, I'm part of this group called like Ask for PDFs from people with institutional access. And someone was like hey, does anyone have any texts on the relationship between DIY and gentrification? And That's interesting. Yeah, and somehow, like... And relevant for us. Yeah, yeah because we are now in a, like, in a suburb in Stockholm that is clearly going to become gentrified and we are part of that force. How maybe DIY is the new, the new way of accumulating capital and maybe DIY is like our generation's way of um, regulating a social market. Yeah. And maybe DIY means gentrification. Like maybe this, like maybe we're inherently as much the problem as we are the solution for one way. For one thing, we are a problem for another. At the same time as we are being instrumentalized. Politically. So it's, it's a funny, it's a funny... It's 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 really funny to observe structures while being inside of them and trying to understand them better through trying to regulate them or ruling them and realizing that it's just the complexities just are increasing like there is just no no limit to it <laughs> to how much how much you learn from it mm. but for example I'm observing like my own position within the field also like I sometimes get invited because I have a certain contact field that is part of our structures that is not part of the institutions but the institutions want my contact to come to them which means that I need to recruit our structure into that structure Mm. yeah it makes me also wonder what what happens in this threshold in between like independent and public and institutional when you start something in the fringe and then you kind of switch the view from others into you but then you are supposed to go into the others yeah it's an interesting question (laughs) (laughs) what do you do you have any dreams and visions 
Because now, I mean, in sister space, wanted a space. The, this physical space is existing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe <laughs> more time to work with art. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a bomb you dropped. <laughs> But okay, so... If that's if that's a desire, yeah. then how how can these structures accommodate more yeah. art making? This yeah, is also a question. It's it's a question because would you then invent the projects that should be happening in the sites where you are creating these structures? Where where could possibly the art making be happening here? I mean, it is happening here. It's just that it's um, maybe it's like ten people that start off this kind of organization and then it's like two people that are left in the end to actually maintain it like I'm, I think this has somehow to do with like maintenance work and like that it takes like so much time that like what was supposed to maybe like what started out as maybe something that would support something else becomes something that occupies so much time that it actually kind of t- takes over it I think like there's a lot of art making happening at Hayden but like I'm wondering a bit like how could we structure it so that it's a collective responsibility to maintain the things that needs to be maintained because and this comes back to this like relationship that we're, some of us are like customers and some of us are selling a service like that's that's the only way we can rent out the space that people share like that's That's how like complex the the kind of organizational agreement is. Like it's like it's not really working for what we want to do in a way. So I'm wondering like how can we actually share those kind of responsibilities and also share them without thinking that they somehow could start get a life of their own and take care of themselves because the problems just keep on increasing. What is this space, this abstract space of the art making, which we can't attain, you know? I mean, our colleagues also make art and pieces, maybe not full time, but like they realize it every now and then. But what is that? What is this achievement, you know? Like where it takes place. Or, yeah, where yeah. it takes place. And how yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's also very easy to like think of that as such a pleasurable activity and that is so nice and wish I would have more time for that and then when you actually have it it's like something else that's in the way or like it is also problematic to get into that somehow but um, yeah yeah I think somehow what I'm talking about is more that this like I think it's a general thing also like if you're an artist today you do like administration like 110% of your work day and like that's something that makes me very sad because I don't find it interesting but it's something that has to be done in order to like be part of uh, this kind of work. <laughs> but you also have a way of not not making things into a problem you kind of always like okay but let's formulate this because now we have an uh opportunity to actually formulate this project because this application is asking for it or you know like there is something about how you gather around something that kind of doesn't make it feel so difficult (laughs) is that like is that an approach you have or is it just something that happens you mean that I'm like pragmatic about things or yeah Yeah, but you're also not you don't like you don't make it heavy or hard somehow yeah but I mean it's uh it it gives me also a lot of energy to work 
in groups and to work with other people. Like I'm also like it's very stimulating to be around these super smart and like very competent people. Like I learn a lot from my colleagues and the people that surround me. So that's also something that gives me a lot of energy. No, maybe it's this what you say about energy. Okay, Uda, I really want to thank you so much for coming here and discussing these things that we usually work with on an everyday basis, but that we don't really talk about or deconstruct. Mm. So thank you so much for joining me. Mm, thank you for the invitation. Okay, <laughs> ciao. Ciao.